you just, if I ask you, if I talk to you the past couple of days about sharing something this morning, go ahead and come up. You come up here or here and kind of line up right here. I'm going to move somebody's AVM right here. So if I talk to you, just come on up. Don't be scared. Come on. Come on. Come on. We're lining up right back here. Right back here. I'm going to get out of the way and let, and let this go down. All right, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you a microphone. You're going to tell your name, share your deal, and then uh, I'm going to give the microphone to the person next to you. Cool? Everybody good? So first off, let's just way to go, right? Like, talking in front of, talking in front of people is not everybody's deal, so way to go, guys. It's this one. Yep. Hi, I'm Emily, and this year our cabin, um, well, our cabin's going to 10th grade, so we've been going, this is our fourth year. And most of the girls have been in the same cabin this year. Um, and in the past, in our cabin sharing time, we've been, like, really reserved, and no one really wants to share anything. It was really awkward because we'd sit there for, like, ten minutes and not say anything. Um, and then this year, one of our counselors kind of broke the ice and shared her uh, testimony and made a point that we're going to be with the girls for a really long time and that we should share things with them so that they're there for us. And it was just, like, incredible because everyone started sharing things, and no one was afraid to say anything that they felt. It was just really cool, and it was amazing. I just can't even have words for it. Way to go, Emily. Your name. My name. And then just share your deal. (laughs) Well, my name is Bree, and my deal is... Well, ever since I got back from camp, I realized that I'm really in love with Jesus. So, <laughs> um, I think I've always had that in my heart, but I don't think I've ever really... I think I've been ignoring it for like the past three years since I've gone to camp, and now I know it for sure. Awesome. Yay. Hi, everyone. I'm Harvest. As you can tell, we worshipped really hard because I sound like a man. <laughs> So, um, worship obviously was kind of my function at camp. It was my first time leading, you know, at this one camp. And um, like I said in the video, like, y'all would have been so proud of your kids. You would have been so proud of the youth here. I mean, from Brooks, he was in, like, the front row every night just, like, getting it. And um, just to see our kids impact, like, I have a front row seat to that. And I just, y'all would have been so proud. I have two stories. One actually involves Brooke. Um, I'll say that one to last, but um, Lily King, she's not here, she's a rising 7th grader, um, she's her first year at camp, her birthday was during camp, so she's just really nervous about camp, every time I saw her, like two months before camp, she'd be like, so tell me about camp, what do I, what do I need to do, what, what do I need to expect, you know, her mom would text me, take care of my girl at camp, she was just super, like, nervous about going with all these big kids, and so it was her birthday, and I was walking past there's like telephones right before you get into this um sanctuary i'll call it and um she was on the phone calling her mom or one of the days and i just heard her very briefly say mom i have friends and i was just like oh (laughs) she found friends at camp you know and it's just like everyone can like recognize know that feeling of like am i gonna fit in am i gonna find friends am i gonna be alone the whole time so just to see Everyone just love each other and love Lily. You know, it was just it was an amazing thing. And then secondly, Brooke, I don't know if she's going to share this story. And Timothy actually told it to me, but it's just one of those other like heart wrenching things. 
Brooke was just like powerfully inf- uh, affected by Jesus, by the Holy Spirit one night. And she was just, you know, crying hair. And Timothy's like, oh, no, what's happened to Brooke? Did she get hurt during worship? Like, this is serious. I, I thought she got stepped on. Like, I thought she had broken something. So I was like, oh, no. We need to go to the hospital. And so he comes over to her and he's like, Brooke, Brooke. So she couldn't really respond, I guess. And so he just went like thumbs up. Or thumbs down. Like, I just need to know. Yes, like, good or bad. And she was like, <laughs> And is there, I guess the story goes, she proceeded to say, like, hey, what, like he said, you know, what's going on? And she's like, I just feel him. <laughs> it's like to have you know, these kids just experience Jesus. And the only words they can get out of their mouth is, I feel him. I mean, that, like, to me, like, that is worth everything at camp. So, awesome. Uh, thank you, citizen in the back. Okay. Hi. Hi, I'm Palmer. Um, at camp, the whole focus was kind of about, like, being sent. And basically since day one, we had this, like, whole context of real-world application and, like, what we can do outside of camp. So, that kind of eliminated the summer camp high, which is kind of a term that's like you have amazing, you have this amazing experience with God, but once you get back, it kind of fizzles out. So uh, camp is going on; it's awesome. Last night of worship, everybody's worshiping, like God is moving in incredible ways. Really, really amazing stuff is going on. Um, and I was praying for God. I was like, God, I really want to have an experience with you. I really, come on, I want a spiritual encounter. And I wasn't really feeling anything, and I felt I. At the very end, I heard God say to me, you already are filled. And I realized the entire time God was using us and equipping us to basically be filled and to go out and do life with each other. So I truly believe that God has, has like this army of youth, young people. You see a couple up here right now. But this army of young people who love God and are hungry for his word and that are going to alter the schools and the community. Wow. I can scoot down. All right, my name is Brooks Gillum. Um, shout out to the people that won the basketball tournament. Shout out to the people who won the dodgeball tournament. We got killed. Um, this was my 10th year at camp, um, pre-camper and then camper. Um, probably the best thing that happened to me at camp was the last night at worship Uh, I was praying, and I got a word for somebody, and I told them, and they just started crying. I think he he already was crying, but (laughs) he started crying. He told me after that it was was just so on point, and I really got that the the theme of camp then, uh, that we are sent, that it's not just in some people that the Lord speaks through, it's everyone, and we don't have to have, and we don't have to be in Covington to experience that the Lord still loves us, the Lord's speaking to us at all times. That's awesome. Okay, my name's Brooke, without an S, but it's just Brooke, and before I came to camp, I was so anxious, I was so scared of my own shadow, and I was just... It was, it was, I was so, like, worried what other people thought of me. 
And I remember going to the prayer room and they just prayed over me and I could honestly feel all the anxiety just being ripped out of me. And I just remember God putting in all the truth that he felt for me. And he just, he told me, like the first thing that popped in my mind was like, you're perfect in my image. You're, and it was my first year coming to camp and it just, I, I cannot wait to go back. And I, <laughs> I want to go back and I'm so excited to, and now I know like, like here I am now. Like I'm not, I'm not scared anymore. And it's crazy how, how awesome he is and how he works. And I've made some awesome friends. Like Addie, she's an awesome friend. And yeah, it was good. Okay. <laughs> My name is Addison, and before I came to camp, I was like very unself-confident and I didn't have any confidence in myself and so I was sitting one day and I was just reading my Bible and I was praying to God and God just told me to write this write this and he just kept saying that in my head so I took out my pen and paper and I was like okay so what do you want me to write so he told me to write a circle so I wrote a circle and he said write everything that is hurting you and everything that is making you sad and that's hurting you like that's hurting you in your heart. And so I wrote everything that I thought about myself. And he said, rip it out. So I ripped it out. And he said, crumble up and throw it away because you're not going to have that pain anymore. Mm. And that just, like, it just went, got to me. And it's just so amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. Awesome. So way to go. Let's, let's, you know, because, you know, like I said, speak, like public speaking and sharing these intensely personal things are not always the easiest for you. Let's, let's clap for them again because that was awesome. That was awesome. Um, and then another, I want to acknowledge, I think they're still here. So Harvest led our worship team. But then Jonathan Lee was on the team as well. And as Melissa, Melissa Drummond is right there. She was on the team as well. Lucas, who was playing drums this morning, was playing as well. So we have like a, a big chunk of people that, that do things here represented. And I mean, I heard, I heard people who have been going to this camp for like 20 years say that this is the most powerful experience in worship they've ever had. This worship team was one of the best they'd ever seen. So thank you guys for coming. Y'all are awesome. And then coming this morning and being like, you know what, we'll lead worship here too. Like, that's pretty amazing. Um, so now I, got to, I get to do kind of the, a fun part for me, which is I want to share with, with everyone here what I feel like the Lord showed me for us. Not just us in student ministry, but us at Vintage. And, and you're going to have to kind of, you might have to bear with me because like I said, I'm kind of feeling a little under the weather. Um, I had a late night one time. I had to take a young lady to the emergency room. Uh, where is she? There she is. Hey, Isabella. Isabella Isabella came down on an inflatable obstacle course and kind of rolled her ankle a little bit. And so we ended up having to go to the emergency room in Covington, um, which, believe it or not, is not the most efficient place. So we got in. We had our initial questions and our x-ray in about 45 minutes. It was the next six and a half hours that got me. So I got back at about 2.30, 3 o'clock. And that just kind of took its toll on me. So if I say anything sort of loopy, just blame it on that, all right? Um, so go ahead and open your Bibles to Mark chapter 10. Um, and we're going to look at verse 40. We're going to start in verse 40-something. What is it? Uh, 46. 
verse 46. And it says, and they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples in a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar who was the son of Timaeus, was sitting out by the roadside. And when Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they came and called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up. He is calling you. And he threw off his cloak and he sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And then Jesus said to him, go, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. As I was kind of reflecting, I was like, all right, Jesus, what? What are my takeaways from camp? Um, I, I was reminded of this quote that was in a random youth ministry book that I read a couple years ago. And this is what it said. It said, ministry is about one thing. It's about following the movement of Jesus. That's simply what it is. Ministry is this. Jesus is moving. You're trying to follow him where he's going. And I realized, like, that is what was going on here. That is what was going on for our students and our adult leaders. And I believe Jesus wants to invite us to. And that is a life that is marked by the movement of Jesus. Um, and, and this story is one I've always thought, like, man, this is, this is a great example of that. Um, so I just re- real quick want to go over three things that I think stood out for me uh, and, and what happened at camp and what I think Jesus wants to do for us. Um, and it's the kind of life, it's the kind of, uh, kind of life we want to have living with Jesus, expecting him to move. So the first thing is we, want, we do want to expect Jesus to move. The second thing is we, we, we need him to move. And then the last thing is moving with Jesus. So the first thing, if, if we want to do this, we have to expect Jesus to move. So if you look at verse 47, it says... And when Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. See, we got to think Bartimaeus had no, probably not much of a life outside of his home, his family, and his immediate tight-knit community. Because he was a blind man. Like, this, this point in time wasn't all that friendly to, to people with blindness. I mean, I'm not sure, but I don't think the, the health care plans in first century Middle Eastern time... We're that great. Like, I don't think LASIK is coming into the picture anytime soon. Um, so he was kind of confined to a very limited existence. But somewhere in this existence, he had heard people begin to, to tell stories, to these rumors circulating about this guy, Jesus, from Nazareth, who was going around doing miraculous, amazing, unbelievable, impossible things. Like, like giving blind people back their sight. I'm sure at one point Bartimaeus heard this and said, he heals blind people? What? Maybe if he ever comes here, maybe if I ever got the chance, maybe 
He could do that for me. And so it's, we, we, we get here and it's showtime. Jesus is walking down the street. There's a mob following him. And somehow Bartimaeus picks up that it's this Jesus of Nazareth he's heard about. And he starts screaming. He starts yelling. And I believe it's because he understood who Jesus actually was. He understood something of the reality of who Jesus was. And that's something, that idea, like, gripped me this past week. Because there's a very, there's a very, there's a big difference between having a, a concept of Jesus and the reality of Jesus. And we had a lot of experience with the reality of Jesus this past week. Um, see, the concept of Jesus is like this idea, this philosophy, this sort of he's out here um, I, I kind of have, you know, some things that I think he might like me to do, maybe not do, you know, whatever it is. But inevitably what happens is this Jesus concept looks a lot like us. He's not stronger than us. He's not more powerful than us. He doesn't think differently than us. He's very us shaped. It, 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 And he has nothing to offer really in our lives except for some vague sense of comfort, maybe. But then what we see here is someone who who understands the reality of Jesus. That he's not out there. He's, He's with us and he's powerful and he's moving. And he is stronger than us and more capable than us. He knows more than us. He he is not like us. And once that hits, once that penny drops, Bartimaeus realizes that that my situation can change because this Jesus is who he says he is. This Jesus is powerful and able and able, 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 there we go, um, and capable of doing things that I can't do. And because he understood that, he had the expectation that he would do these things. He understood if I ever get the chance, I understand what he's really like and I believe it. If I ever get the chance, I'm not going to let it pass me by. He, he had an expectation based on who Jesus really was. And I, and I, I got to tell you, I mean, these kids, I mean, these students were had significant expectation. They had no problem airing out stuff taken everything they had expecting Jesus to move. So I I think that what Jesus does is then he calls us and says, do you have the same expectation? Like when you think about me, do you think about someone who is actually capable and willing to do the things in your life that only God can do? you, You can't really get your hands around. And he calls us through this story. He says, you got, you got to trust. You got to expect that from me. There's nowhere else to get that. So much so that we, it's not just an expectation, it's a deep need. Because look, look at verse um, 46. It says that Bartimaeus was a blind beggar. He was blind his whole life. Blind so much so that he couldn't get a job and had to beg on the streets. Think about this, this condition, this uh, lack of sight. 
had so deeply affected his life that when it identifies him, he says he was a blind beggar. Those are two of the most notable characteristics about his life was how this negative thing had impacted his life. So we see that he has this need. And he understands this. So then we jump down in 48 and it says, and many people rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more because he understood he had had this thing his entire life. It had been going on since day one. And he needed breakthrough. He needed. If something was going to change, he had a legitimate, unanswerable need, except for the power of God in the person of Jesus. And so we look at Bartimaeus, and he, when, when he realized he, he needed this, there was, nothing, there was nothing anyone could do to shut him up. See, when, when, when your deep need meets faith in Jesus, it, it's, it's hard to stop whatever is happening. Because um, think, about, think about the other way this could have gone. This could have gone a different way. Bartimaeus could have been like, yeah, you know, I don't want to make a scene, though. I mean, nobody else is doing this. I'll just, you know, I'm going to sit here and if Jesus comes over here, maybe. And you know what? Maybe it would have been a great thing. You know, Jesus would have walked through the town. It would have been this big, incredible thing. Like people in this area would have been able to talk about that for years and years. Oh, remember that time Jesus came to town? Oh, yeah, he walked right down the street. Oh, man, where were you when Jesus came to town? I was standing over there and I came outside the shop and I saw him and he walked by. And all these people, oh, man, it was great when Jesus came to town. And we had, he would have had great stories about when Jesus came to town and walked through his village. He would have heard the, all these stories. I think I even heard his voice one time. He would have had all these great stories about when Jesus came to town, but he would have still been blind. He would have had a lot of great stories and still wouldn't have been able to see. But because he had this deep-seated need and a real expectation of Jesus, he was able to call out, not be silenced, and we see how it ends. Go, your faith has made you well. And immediately he could see. So let's think, let's think about this. Like we, we may not be blind. But what this shows us is there's, there's probably some area right now. It might not be as obvious as it is for Bartimaeus. It might not even have affected you as much as it affected him. But odds are you feel it even now. Odds are there's some deep need that only Jesus can, can fulfill. There's some deep need that only Jesus can affect. I'm sure there are relationships in your life that you have been praying for, worrying about, trying to figure out how to reconcile them. That, that's, a, that's a Jesus thing. Maybe it's physical. Maybe it's actual real sickness like Bartimaeus. Maybe it's financial problems. Maybe it's family stuff. I don't know. But what this shows us is that we all are united in our common need for Jesus. And so it's much more than, oh, I'm expecting Jesus to do something bigger. No, it's, oh my gosh, I have things that only he can do. I can't do them on my own. And so Bartimaeus got one shot. And he gave it everything he had. I mean, he yelled and he yelled and screamed until Jesus said, call him over. So, you know, I think, I, I, I mean, I, again, when you see kids, I don't know if y'all know this, but um, that whole 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. portion of the day 
It's not most middle schooler and high schoolers like prime time. Believe it or not. Um, but so we had a prayer room that was open uh, eight, uh, six to eight. And it was packed every morning. It was packed. Um, and it was just kids who said, I, I, I really believe I need Jesus. Like, I believe there's stuff going on that I can't, I can't get any help with. I mean, you heard Brooke. She said, it felt like it was ripped out of me. I mean, do, I mean, do you need that? Do you, do you need something like, oh, I've been struck. You need it like ripped out? Like, I mean, think about when you need help, we call on someone who we know can help us, right? Like, you, you don't call, like, if you're drowning, you don't call. It's like if you have a middle school daughter and your buddy there who's the same size, you don't call on your middle school daughter trying to put, drag you out of the water. You call on the guy who's like, yeah, he might be able to pull me out. I was whitewater rafting in California one time, and I got kicked out of the side of the raft, and I came back up, and it was right that awkward stage of, like, I could stand up, but it wasn't enough to actually get my face out of the water, so I kind of had to tread water just a little bit. And right as I kind of popped back up and was treading water, they had called an all back on one side. So um, the guy who, who was, you know, had the oar right in front of me proceeded to jet propel about four gallons of water down my throat. Um, and that's just not pleasant. Like, it, it's like drowning while you're above the water. Because, I mean, he just sloshed it all, went all up my nose and in my throat and stuff like that. And so I'm sitting here. I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if this is normal, but... I was freaking out. Like, that's one thing I don't do with the whole water in the lungs thing. It's just not my favorite. I don't, you know, I might be weird in that. But so I'm like, I need to get out of the water now because, like, I can't breathe. Like, um, and so I didn't ask one of the guys who was like, okay, he may or may not. I looked at the dude who played football for Sanford University. I was like, hey, bro, can you help me out? You know, and he just jerked me right out of the water. I looked at the guy who I was sure was able to help me in the, in the circumstance that I was in. Um. So, so in the same way, Jesus calls us to look to him. He says your need, it, it, it's not going to be fulfilled out there. It's going to be fulfilled when, when you see me and you realize that I, I'm the only one who's got this. And, and that's what we saw. Like legitimately, like 12, 13, 14-year-old students were getting it. They were like, yep, he's got what it takes. I tasted a little bit. He gave me some freedom from things that were just holding me down. And I'm not going to go anywhere else. And so finally, the last part, we, so we want to expect Jesus to move. We actually really need Jesus to move. And once we experience this, we want to begin moving with Jesus. So the whole idea of this camp, you heard Palmer talk about it a little bit, is the, this idea of scent. That from the beginning, we're thinking about the end. This doesn't exist just for us, that we want to think about ourselves as being sent out by Jesus into the communities that we're a part of. Um, our, the verse for the week was John twenty twenty one. It says, Jesus says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And so one of the mantras for our week was, I am sent like Jesus was sent. And we'd say that every, I am sent like Jesus was sent. I am sent like Jesus was sent. So if that's true, then there are things in this story that we're called to do. There's things in this story that you're called to do. So as Jesus was walking around, he wasn't just allowing people to adore him. He was looking for the people who needed him. 
I guarantee you, you probably don't have to think that far of people who need something of Jesus in their life. I mean, some of you probably immediately thinking, oh, yeah, I have a bunch of friends, but they don't think they need religion. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about life. Life at its highest level. I'm talking about healing. I'm talking about being empowered. I'm talking about the stories that we heard up here. I'm not talking about coming into a room and singing some songs. I'm talking about life that is transformational. That's what Jesus is offering here. That's what we see him do here. We see him go to a man who probably got walked over every day of his life because he was a blind beggar. And Jesus said, walked him and said, what do you want me to do? So we want, we want to move with Jesus. We want to go to people who maybe nobody else even thinks about. We want to go to places that maybe nobody else really wants to go. And say, what do you want me to do for you? Recognizing that it's not us who are doing it. It's Jesus through us. Because I'm telling you, your best efforts aren't good enough. But Jesus through you will do the, it'll get the job done. So we look and we say, I believe he sent me. I believe he is moving through me and for me and for others. And so we begin to, to go out and say, okay, like, I'll, I'll, you're sick, I'll pray for you. You need some help on this bill? Well, I've got a little extra money. You need a ride somewhere? Absolutely sure. You need me to watch your kids? No problem. You have, a, you have an after-school pro, Bible program at Abney Elementary? How do I get involved? You have a children's ministry in the back that needs to be staffed? Sure, I'll definitely do that. You need help moving? I'll be there. And we begin to actively look out ways that we can say, what do you need me to do? Because Jesus wasn't still, he wasn't stationary, he was always on the move, constantly and consistently saying, how can I be the Savior for all those who will hope in me? How can I be a doctor for the sick? How can I be a liberator for the captive? And that's how we get to be sent. We get to be sent to bring freedom. We get to be sent to bring joy and gladness to our neighborhoods and homes, communities, places we play, teams we're on, schools we go to, all of that. That's, that's like, that's what, we're, that's what we get to do. Like that's, we are created in God's image to do the stuff. So we're created to move with Jesus. You are sent like he is sent. I'm already seeing, like I'm going through Instagram, looking at people who like change their little Instagram profile thing. It's like, I'm sent like he's sent. Sent from the inside out. Sent down in my bones. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, at least you understand enough to change something on your Instagram. That's a big deal, you know? Like, that's, that's pretty cool. So like, we're, we're taking steps. You know, it's the thing, I, I heard a phrase recently. If something's worth doing, it's worth doing badly. Meaning that you just take a step, Right? And so we already see students, you heard, you heard Brooke sharing, like, it's not just for a few, it's for all. His desire is for all of us to move in his power and experience his presence and to bless others, to live with joy for his glory. So the invitation that I feel like Jesus is giving to us through this story, through the experience of our students at this camp, is to a life where we follow his movement. We expect him to move. We, re- we recognize we really need him to be active in our life. And then we say, you know what? You're active and I'm going with you. So we're moving with Jesus. So if the band could come back up. Um, we're going to have a time of ministry right now. Um, no band?
band. Oh, hey, Melissa, just, just, just you, Melissa. That's awesome. Let me get out of your way. Um, sorry, I was looking at Jonathan. He's so good looking with those glasses on. Um, so here's what we're going to do. Um, we have a few ways to respond. Um, so here's what I did. Here's what I asked you to do. I asked you to respond in some way. Um, we're going to have ministry teams up on either side. Y'all can go ahead and come up. Um, and if any of this, if any of the testimonies um, stuck with you, if anything kind of stuck out for you, um, come get prayer. In fact, let me get the folks who share testimonies. Y'all, y'all come up here. If you share a testimony earlier, come up here. Come on up. So we'll, we'll take Brooks and Palmer. Y'all go right here. You, uh, Harvest and Brew. Let's do Harvest and Bree right here. Brooke and Addie, y'all go right there. So they're going to pray for you too, right? Like we, we, we believe that um, there are no second-class citizens. So what they have, if one of their testimonies in particular stuck out with you and you wanted them to pray for you, you're like, man, that's awesome. I want that. Come get them to pray for you. Um, so we have, like I said, we have a few ways to respond. Our ministry teams right here are happy to pray for you. 